Welcome to Remedial Roll. Wait, how do you do that again? Hey everybody, welcome to Remedial Roll. I'm Jeff. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. And we are going to go ahead and get started with our game tonight. Uh, we decided we wanted to put together this podcast to try to help out newer players or players who haven't been in the game in a long time or don't know 5e very well or or perhaps kids, Alex and Chris are teachers, uh, so perhaps helping out some kids in their game club to kind of get some ideas on how to better utilize some of the mechanics of the system or better utilize or figure out some storytelling uh, pieces or just map out a city, map out a dungeon, that kind of thing. So we thought what we'd do with each episode is talk about a little about what went into the, the character creation or perhaps the city or, or the setting. Um, maybe Chris, our DM, might talk a little about just what inspired the encounter, something like that. Uh, talk a little about the characters and then just kind of jump into the game. So um, I guess, do you guys want to start with characters? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So this episode, uh, I'm playing Hai Ping, a male turtle. Uh, I decided to. Uh, we were we were told we were allowed to go up to level eight for our first character in this in this campaign. Um, I've always wanted to play. I always like to play things that are not like me, so not a human, um, not an elf, even because they're still human esque. Um, in the past, I always played things like a dwarf because there were that was the only one that was uh, very different <laughs> from what I. From what I am, well, not not so far away from where I am, (laughs) to be honest. Um, It's just a good thing there's not a camera here. A turtle is a humanoid turtle, uh, and so I figured that would be pretty cool. And for a while now, I've wanted to play uh, a monk. So I thought a monk turtle would not be something that would be normal until, of course, uh, one of my friends said, Oh, you mean like you're going to make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? (laughs) No, no, I'm not. I was actually basing it on uh, Master Ugwe from uh, oh, uh, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda, thanks. Um, and uh, so Hai Ping is a monk. He is uh, pretty awesome so far. I, I just I just had fun uh, using D and D Beyond is a great resource uh, for just jumping into a character without. Knowing much about the uh, the races or the uh, your class or anything like that, it, it prefaces it by you just click buttons and there you go. You get you make your character. Uh, I wanted him to be simple. I didn't want him to have a lot of goods. He lives a simple life. Uh, as, as the story goes along, you, you'll see the backstory come out. I'm sure, and um, he lived a very simple life. Uh, but it was time to move on and go uh, check out the rest of the world. And so he, he literally carries... He doesn't have any weapons. Uh, uh, he has a sickle, um, which he does actually use for more farming than anything. Can be can be a weapon, but doesn't usually choose that. His weapons are his fists, his shell, his head, and his feet. Um, Did you pick Simple Life? Because you kind of was like going by that, that monk idea. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely... Um, it was definitely wandering monk. It was definitely based on yeah, kung fu, the old TV show, and a lot right. of a lot of what uh, kung fu movies. A lot of monks in uh, you know like 
what's the is it yeah all, all kinds of movies and TV shows where monks wear the robes and they walk around the earth looking to help people and and whatnot. So He's, what made you? Because I was interested in this. You you could have kind of gone two ways with it. You could have gone with some of the different fighter subclasses, or you could have gone monk. I know you said it was based on uh, Master Ugwe. Um, so you came up with your background first, or you came up with what you wanted him, how, how you wanted him to mechanically work for it? Like, did you want to play the monk class and then come to the Master Ugwe thing, or did you want to, did you have the, the, this is what I want my background to be, and let that inform the class? I definitely started with class first. I, I definitely wanted to play a monk. Then I chose the race, after I looked at all the cool races that they have now in uh, 5e. And, and I figured that I wanted to pick something that wasn't a monk-like character. And then I forgot about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. altogether. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, that like really the reason he wanted to play a monk was because we actually played one whole game where he was a Kinku monk. And he loved the character, but I forgot to hit play. So that one is lost oh, yeah. in the shadows of role-playing. It's true. But I think what's interesting is you picked the slowest character. Like, yes. I mean, a, a turtle we all envision as a slow character to play a monk who is wicked fast. And he has extra things that make him even faster than normal. Even faster than he... Because, he, yes, he would have had a walking speed of 25 instead of 30, like everybody else. But now he's at 45. My character can move 45 feet in one turn so and I do like that idea of well you guys know we have a different game where I, I really like to play against type as much yep. as possible so Absolutely. I have like a half orc wizard uh, as a character in a different <clears throat> campaign I really enjoy doing that so I, I appreciate I really like the idea of that slow lopey kind of drunken master type uh, fighter and then he just goes master Yoda on you I just mm-hmm. I, I love that idea yeah and that's what I'm hoping I and I the voice of him and his character, I didn't want to make him slow. Like, I didn't right. want to make him seem like an actual turtle. Right. You know? This is so, Z- Zootopia. You know, right. Be, he's right. Not, yeah, he's not the sloth. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I wanted to... He he appears to be one thing, and then is completely something else. Which is, I think, hilarious that the first episode, he ends up being a bouncer in a bar, because in a tavern. Because that is... Why would you hire a turtle... <laughs> To be a bouncer at your tavern, so apparently he has a, he has a little bit of a backstory that we gotta we gotta figure out because reason. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that when you're fleshing out your character, when we were talking about this is uh, Alex. You wanted to do something with magic, right? Oh yeah, I wanted to have, but I didn't want to be magical. Yes. Like I didn't want to be something that I didn't want to be a sorcerer. I didn't want to be a wizard. I didn't want to have magic at my fingertips. But I wanted him to have some sort of spiritual slash magical ability. So we Without, added a magic weapon that's right. not a weapon. It's so. kind of infused into your right. shell. Yeah. Right. And I think that's important about D and D five E is you know they, they give you parameters to play with, but by all means, if you've got an idea and everybody can agree it's an idea worth trying out, you adapt, you manipulate to fit that idea. You don't yeah. have to stick with the rules. Yeah, well I like the there's more guidelines than rules yep. than anything else. It's yep. 5e does give you a ton of freedom for that effect. Yeah. And the internet is full of all kinds of homebrew abilities. Like, like uh, Beyond has some better than homebrew. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. But, yeah. But it's, it's pretty awesome because you could find anything out there to at least base something on. Yeah. So even if I had a, a magical tattoo, which is what, kind of what this is, 
that he has on his shell, there are magical tattoos out there to give me the idea of what it should, how powerful it could be or how powerful it should be. Rather than well, and when making a character, you know, you don't like... For when I make characters, I don't always have everything about the backstory in the beginning. I literally pick a class, I pick, or I, I pick a race, I start messing a little bit with the mechanics, maybe I have a very vague idea of what I want to do, and even sometimes playing the game the first few times, my backstory comes together. You know, I, things happen in the game that I then spin off and go, oh, that happened in the game because of, and I start to build some of my backstory then too. Well, so. that just happened in our, our Natural Ones campaign as well. Is we're what fourteen episodes into the game, and you're just figuring out why Meep is motivated to do some of the things that he does. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. What, what about your character, man? So I came to it a little bit differently. We had decided early on for this campaign that we were going to set it in the same world that we've done the Natural One stuff, uh, which is a world that I am continually creating. Um, so we, as I had a ma- I, you know, I had mapped it out and, and done a little bit of world building with it, and then Chris and I talked a little bit, and I just kind of gave him a chunk of the map and said, okay, this is yours to flesh out, or we'll flesh it out together. Yeah, he gave me a chunk of the map. Yeah, just here. Um, and so that's what we did. I didn't name it. I didn't do anything. I thought we'd really kind of flesh this out as an area that would hopefully be in a world that is at once familiar and have some similar characters and perhaps even some characters who cross over. Um, but also something, you know, it's on a different, not quite continent, but it's on. It's in a, you know, it is uh, uh, in, in an area of the world that the natural one guys won't get to for uh, quite a while, if ever. Uh, so that gave him a chance to kind of flex some creative muscles. Um, but then I, I wanted to have a character who was going to inform the other game just a little bit or be informed by the other game a little bit. So um, I picked a guy. Uh, his name is Sabir Al-Kalim. Um, and I was really, he's from a country on the way other side of the continent um, called Saharu. And what I was trying to do with that country was, was kind of mash up. I wanted some, some Arabic influence, uh, a little bit of Middle Eastern Arabic type influence, uh, and also some Far Eastern Japanese Korean type influence. So it's kind of it's a little bit of a mashup. I didn't want to I didn't want to make it strictly one or the other. I did want to try to draw from both, um, while also trying to do you know trying to do both justice and, and kind of bring out some of the cool things in, in some of those different cultures. Um, and that's something that will kind of be a continual thing as my character arc develops. Um, but anyway, uh, I chose for him, he, uh, without giving too much away, he was a bodyguard for um, someone in the Saharu royal family, um, and he failed in his job. The, the person he was a bodyguard for was killed. Um, and so now he's doing a little bit of the same thing as, as Alex's tortles. He's just kind of roaming the land. He's, he's on a specific hunt for someone, uh, the, the, the person who killed his war. Um, and it's brought him here to, to these shores. He lives a very uh, squalid lifestyle, very poor. Uh, his only real focus is to get revenge and try to redeem himself in the uh, eyes of the Sultan of, of Saharu. Uh, the class I chose was a fighter. Uh, I wanted somebody who was a distance fighter. I don't play those very often. I almost went ranger, uh, but I decided I'd rather go with an arcane archer uh, as I was tinkering with them. and. I thought it offered a lot of really cool stuff, so that's where I started. Uh, again, it was nice to jump into level eight as well, because then you, you have some cool stuff already at your disposal. Yeah. 
I think it's interesting too that you you both picked characters that evidently don't like money because now <laughs> I feel very pointless even deciding to have money in this game. <laughs> no, no, because I have a reason for money. When, okay, when good. The money will go somewhere, but it will never stay on me. Yeah. You know, living living a poor monk life. I mean, honestly, seriously, I have my house on my back. I don't have to live anywhere, so I, I can live anywhere. You know, so and I'm by no means against money. I'm just not motivated by it. Right. Well, and Chappie, noticing listening to you guys talk, Chappie, you totally decided your character. Not totally, but you base yours out of history, geography, and history. Sure. Like, yeah. 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 A mashup between the the Middle Eastern culture and the uh, Eastern Asian culture. And Alex, you you did yours off media, which is a great two great ways to come up with character ideas is looking in the media and gathering some ideas and kind of mashing some together or even going back in history and getting ideas from that. So and, I, and then finding my background was was interesting because I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know where I was going to start, but I have written quite a bit of history for this character. Haiping came from an island and then came to the mainland, and you know that will all come out and, and probably mold even more, but my class of being a monk is what helped me write my story because he was nothing before you know he was just he was he was the prince uh well i guess you'd call him a prince he was the second son to the chieftain and so he was the first son was going to be chieftain second son gets pretty much nothing so he was kind of always lackadaisical about everything he did and it wasn't until something happened that made him realize I need to do something with my life, and that's when he came to the mainland. And in doing so, he found, or I, I guess the other way around, a monk found him and invited him to the monastery. So being a monk is what, wanting to play a monk is what made me want to write all the rest of the story. So I used, I used things, uh, I used Uguay as my basis for the character creation, but then the the basis for my history and for my background for who my character actually is came from the actual class that I chose, which I thought was kind of kind of fun. And then trying to meld out what happened and how it came out was was part of the fun of making this character. When you just hit upon something, uh, last night I was trying to explain to people who had no idea what D and D was, what D and D was, and they couldn't understand. You know, I, I talked to them about there being rules and you had to roll dice. But they couldn't understand, well, how do you know what to do? You know, it, why do you do some things that maybe aren't the best decision? Because I, I talked to them a little bit about character and developing story. And I think that really hits upon what D&D is about. It's not just about rolling a dice and trying to get a high number so that you can swing your sword and hit the guy. It's about putting yourself under the constraints of a story, right? Right. A background. So you're not only doing actions based on what you think is the best move for the, the game but also what is the best move for who your character is and their motivation because the ultimate goal of this game is not to just defeat the bad guy it's to develop the story of your character and to see that story arc for your character well I don't even think it's necessarily what would be best for your character I think it's what your character in the moment would think is best for them and, and when I say that I mean Half the fun in D and D is either you know a bad dice roll can be just as much fun as a good dice roll. Yep. And yep. you can you can absolutely have a ball still rolling nothing but you know sub five rolls. Um, just Last as, game as showed that. Get, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our <laughs> natural one campaign we had a lot of bad rolls. 
Um, but it's also, you know, what you're trying to do is bring out where, what you can do with those if played right and if you have strong role players at your table is really bring out character moments. And we say it all the time with Natural Wands. It's, you know, we're trying to tell a story. It's a group storytelling. We're trying to tell a story together. It's not the DM saying this is what we're doing. You put a story on rails and go from there. It's really how are we going to inform each other? What is, you know, what is Meep's move going to be? And then how am I going to counter move that to counteract? And what is Kronthut going to do? Or what is, you know, in this game, Hyping or, or uh, uh, my guy going to do? Um, and then what, how are you going to counter that? How are you going to riff off that? And that, like I said, that can be as much fun making bad decisions as good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into this uh, mini episode, and uh, we'll see you at the uh, at the table. Or on the roofs.